All right, guys. So, hey, this morning, uh, I want to welcome you, and I, I want you to know that if you're with us this morning uh, as a guest, that we have, uh, we have this awesome book for you, and uh, want to remind you that, uh, that this, is, this is for you. And so, uh, it is one per roof. That's kind of how we're working through that. It's one per rooftop, and, um, and so, but it is free, and so if you're with us, we, we'd ask you to come and, and uh, grab a copy. And uh, what you're meant to do is you don't have to start at the beginning. So you're going to start today, and so today, I believe, unless my watch is wrong, that it is the 8th, and, uh, and so you're going, to, you're going to turn to the page that says December 8th, and, uh, and tonight with your family, you're just going to read that devotion. It's about three uh, pages, and, uh, and it's got some questions for discussion that you can talk about with your family, and, and the whole goal is, is to do what we're doing here, is to set our hearts on what Christmas is really all about, which is the coming of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And so um, this is just a tool for you. We hope that it helps. Um, I, I realize I had some families with young kids say, I thought this was a children's book. And we're like, no, it's a, it's a book for families. Talk about the deep things of Jesus and, uh, and then discuss them with your children. I will tell you as a parent of four, uh, it can be interesting to do Advent. And so if you have uh, many children and you've tried this and you're like, man, this is rough. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it'll get better. It'll get better. Um, our first night, I was like, get your feet off of him. Stop touching her. You stop hitting him. It was great. It was great. And Jesus was glorified. And, um, and so um, I, I, pray, I pray that you will get a copy and that you'll enjoy it. Um, let me pray for us this morning. Father, thank you so much um, for allowing us to gather. Thank you um, for your word, um, Lord, which we know to be true and good. And uh, God, this morning, as we gather into your house, we do so with the sole purpose of worshiping your name and, uh, and glorifying your son, Jesus Christ. And so God, um, be glorified in what we do and what we think and what we say here. King Jesus, be lifted up. Um, Holy Spirit, we always pause and we ask you to come and, and do your thing. You're the teacher of this church. And we pray that um, by your power you would come and that you would exalt Jesus Christ in our presence, that we might see him and want him more than anything else in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, guys, if you have your Bibles, um, we're in the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew uh, the entire Advent season. I'm just giving it away so, uh, so you can mark it and, and you know where we are. So we'll be in Matthew. Um, if, you, if you like, if you're a prepared person and, and you don't like to be surprised, we're also going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, just so you know, we're going to be in those two places. Uh, but this morning, uh, we're in the book of Matthew, and uh, I'm going to be reading, starting in verse one, uh, starting chapter 1, verse 18, and we are going to read um, all the way through uh, verse 18, uh, or I, I mean, uh, verse where are we going through? Verse 25. Verse 25. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I'm at a loss. Now, listen, what you didn't see earlier, maybe you saw Franklin come in with my Bible. Uh, we came in earlier. We had our setup was off. We had a funeral, so I laid something somewhere. That thing got moved. Uh, then I was like, hey, it's time to do this thing. Where's my Bible? It is not here. And I'm like, my heart was like, this is, this is things that preachers had, like, you know, you guys have dreams that you, you showed up at work and you weren't dressed, right? We have dreams like, oh! Um, just, it was, it was, whew, it's good, it's good, it's going to be great. So I'm in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, and uh, the word of the Lord says this, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother, uh, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Uh, before they came together, sexual relations, before, that's, it's going to detail that, before that happened, she's pregnant. Okay, that's what I'm saying. 
The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. Now, all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Now, when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Now, what on earth does this story teach us about the peace of God, right? Because that's what we're talking about. Second week of Advent, last week we talked about the hope of God. This morning we're going to talk about the peace of God. And what do we learn about the peace of God with this situation with uh, Joseph and with Mary? And so four things I'm going to share with you very quickly. And the first thing I want you to know is that we learn very quickly that Jesus came so that we could have peace with God, Right? That Jesus came so that we could have peace with God. And, and we read uh, this scripture this morning. Uh, Nolan and Kathy were so uh, kind to, uh, to, to lead us out this morning and read. And they read from Isaiah 9.6. And it's here on the screen. It says, For a child will be born to us, and a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And of course, that means that Jesus would be full of wisdom, Wonderful Counselor. He'll be full of power, Mighty God. He'll be full of life, Eternal Father, and he will be the Prince of Peace. But what does that last title mean? What does it mean? Just mean that he's full of peace? That he's just a peaceful guy? Does it mean that when he walks into a room, everything just gets better? Well, yeah, to some extent, maybe. But that's not really what that title means, Prince of Peace. The reason that Jesus is named the Prince of Peace is because his assignment, his mission, the reason for him coming to earth is so that, according to the text, that he can be a savior to people. And in order to save people, he has to do something unimaginable. He has to reconcile sinful people to a holy God. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to reconcile sinful people to a holy God. Now, that's the the biblical word for what we we call peace. It's it's reconciliation. And and, and so what that looks like, the the definition of reconciliation, uh, is, is literally the establishment of friendly relations between two parties who are at odds or even at war. And, and I want you to know that the Bible, that's what the Bible says. The Bible, the gospel actually says that we were at war with God. Not just that we were at odds with God. Romans 5.10 puts it this way. Paul writes, for if while we were what? Enemies. He's like, listen, we were enemies of God. Like, like not just like, oh, well, we didn't know God. Um, I, I love when we give our testimonies. And, and listen, testimonies are so important. It's really important uh, that, that we share our stories. Um, but I don't know a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of testimonies. I don't know many people that start, you know, when I was an enemy of God. 
Like, that's probably not in your story, right? That you don't throw that out on a regular basis. It's more like, oh, and, and I, when I didn't know God, or, you know, when God and I weren't on good terms, or, or when, like, we soften it up, right? We soften it up. No! When I was a hater of God, right? When I was an enemy of God, when I didn't want the things of God, when I, I had in my own life tried to kick God off of his throne and take his place, like, when I was his sworn enemy, then God reached out. And so this is for, for if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by the life of his son, right? In, in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 3, Paul, Paul writes this, because we were enemies of God, um, that we were objects of wrath. We were by nature children under wrath, just as everyone else. And guys, this is the heart of the gospel. And then it goes, but Jesus. It's the gospel. We were enemies of God. We were deserving of wrath. But God, who is rich in his mercy, sent Jesus, right? And so, it, it, again, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I, I just, I, I want to, I, I can't do any better than the word of God. So I just want to read to you what the Word of God says about this ministry of reconciliation, what Jesus has done. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed this message of reconciliation to us. And so um, this Sunday in Advent, when we celebrate and we light the candle of peace, we begin with the very mission of Jesus Christ. Why did he come? That's what Advent means, is coming. Why did Jesus come the first time? Why will he come back? Ready? To bring peace. To bring peace. Jesus came so we could have peace with God. That's where we start. But he didn't just come so that we could have peace with God. He didn't just come so that we could have eternal life. Get this. He also came so that we could have peace in the midst of, of our problems, right? Jesus came so we could have peace in the midst of our problems because we live in a broken, fallen world. This is what he came to do. He came to redeem, he came to save, he came to reconcile. And, uh, and one of the things he, he came to fix, to help out with, is, is how messy and difficult life is. And that's really kind of what we have going on in our text, right? Uh, is we have Joseph, and, and he's got a little bit of a problem. And so, uh, again, I'm, I'm back in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. Read this, this verse together that we started with. It says, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother, Mary, now we find out in verse 23, she's a virgin, okay? So just follow me. After his verse, Mary, uh, his mother, Mary, who is a virgin, uh, had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit, okay? So I'm just, just, you are going to walk in the shoes of Joseph for a moment, all right? You are a godly man. You are engaged to a woman, and you have decided you're going to do it God's way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, right? So I'm going to do it God's way. We're waiting till marriage. In fact, my wife is a virgin, and you're making the wedding plans, and suddenly there it is, the bump, right? 
I've worked on this all Thanksgiving for this sermon illustration. Okay? Right there. I'm committed. Committed. And suddenly, suddenly, this man is like, I am engaged. And by the way, what is marriage? It is, it is the greatest promise and act of trust that you can enter into. Right? This is the greatest act of trust. You're literally saying to somebody, hey, I'm going to give you me for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to give you all the good stuff, all the bad stuff. You're going to be my person. I'm going to be your person. We're going to be a person. It's going to be awesome. And so Joseph is like, yeah, you're my person. We're going to live together. It's going to be great. You're, you're a virgin. I mean, I'm going to be the only man you've ever been with. We're getting ready for And then all of a sudden, the bump appears. And he's going to go, what on earth? Like that, that's a problem. Not, not that birth, all right, hear me clearly, not that it's a problem that somebody is pregnant, right? We believe that all life is from God. But if you're Joseph, this is a bit of a concern. The person that you have trusted more than anyone else on earth who told you that they're a virgin shows up and there's a baby inside of her. And so he, he decides honorably he's going to, Divorce her quietly so that she won't have shame come upon her. Um, he believes, clearly Mary has, has lied to me, but, but I, I love her. I want to do the right thing by her. I'm going to divorce her quietly so that shame won't come upon her. And then the angel of the Lord shows up. Right? The angel of the Lord shows up and he's like, Hey, hey, Joseph, man, calm down. It's, it's okay. He, he says, relax. Right? Joseph, Joseph have what? Peace. Joseph, be at peace. Why? Why? Because the child in her womb is the Son of God. It's Jesus. And he's coming to reconcile sinners with God. He's coming to save people. Right? He is coming to bring peace to earth. And so, so the angel of the Lord actually shows up and says, Joseph, I want you to be at peace. In the midst of probably one of the greatest problems you could imagine, one of the greatest breaches of trust you could think was going on, the angel says the name Jesus, and suddenly there's peace. And what I want you to know is that Jesus kind of came to do this in our lives as well. Listen to what he says to his disciples. He says, I I told you these things so that in me you you might have peace. You're going to have suffering in this world But be courageous. I've overcome the world. And so this Sunday of Advent, when we light the candle of peace, and you say, man, I don't know. My life seems crazy right now. Well, yeah, but you have Jesus. But behold, when the bump comes in the road, and you go, man, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can get past this. I don't know if I can... Wait, wait, but you, you have Jesus. Jesus said, listen, in this world, you are going to have trouble. You're even going to suffer, but it's okay. It's okay. In me, in me, you can have peace. That's what Joseph figured out, is he could be at peace because of Jesus, and so can we. All right? That's the second thing. Third thing I want to share with you this morning is this, is that we can have peace because God has a plan. Amen? God has a plan. We talked about this when we studied the book of Daniel. But we can have peace because God has a 
plan. And, and so uh, the heart of this passage really is talking about Joseph. Uh, you know, and the angel's going, hey, Joseph, relax, uh, because God's got a plan here, right? Relax, because God has a, a plan here. And boy, does that speak to us, right? In life, is, can he read the Bible over and over? God's going, hey, uh, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about your house. Like, don't worry. What does God say over and over? Relax, relax, have peace. Why? Because I've got it. Because I've got it. Because I have a plan. And this is the story of the Bible. God's been proclaiming this since the very beginning, since the garden. In fact, God's been talking about his plan for all of creation. All right, since the fall, he said, hey, listen, I know this is bad, but take heart. I've got a plan. I'm, there's one who's coming, be the seed of this woman. And he's going to come, and, and he's going to crush the head of the serpent, the devil. Like, he's coming. Throughout the Bible, this promised one called the Messiah, uh, God spoke about through the prophets. He says, hey, he's going to be born of Bethlehem. Hey, he's going to be born of a virgin, right? Uh, proclaiming things like he's going to have to flee to Egypt. Uh, when he's born, there's going to be great mourning, which we'll talk about next week as we talk about joy. It's a great passage. It's like, really, we're going to talk about joy in the midst of suffering. That's what we're going to do. And over and over and over, all the, all the prophets proclaim, there's one who's coming. God has a plan. God has a plan. Relax, have peace. God is in control. And listen, I, I don't know if that speaks to you, but it should. <laughs> because if God has a plan, ready? If God is in control... It means that I don't have to be. Amen? Come on, control freaks. If God is in control, if, if my kids are actually his kids, if my house is actually his house, right? If my job is actually his job, if, if, if my voice is actually his voice, if, if my legacy is really his legacy, then it's not about me. And man, the weight that is lifted in that, amen? I said this to a good friend of mine uh, not long ago when he was talking about the burdens of life. I just looked at him lovingly, and you're not going to think this is loving, but I said it with a smile on my face. I said, brother, it is exhausting being God, isn't it? And it hit, I mean, he knew it right away. He's like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, listen, I love you guys, but I know you. We talk. Right? How's life? Oh, it's okay. Stop trying to be God. Stop trying to be God. When is the last time that the first thing you did in the morning, instead of wake up and think about all the responsibilities you had in the day, instead you woke up and said, God, here's my day. I'm going to be awake, right, for the next 14, 16 hours. And Lord, every single thing I'll come across, I'm going to give to you right now. Reorganize my calendar. Reorganize my emails. Reorganize my priorities. I'm not in charge. You are. Whew. That's, that's big stuff, man. I can't walk out my front door, not with my head held, not with my shoulders down, not with my back. Oh. Anybody start their day that way recently? You walked out the door and you were just already overwhelmed by what was coming. It is exhausting being God. It is. I don't know about you. I, I can't do it. I can't, I can't even get the sun to, sun to come up. I tried. 
I lied. I didn't really try to get it to come up. I did try to get it to stand still so I could get a few more things done. I couldn't do that either. It's exhausting trying to be God. Listen, Jesus, he came. And, and when he came, it was proof that God has a plan. So I can have peace because God is in control and I don't have to be. Amen? Okay. Last lesson we learn from the coming of Jesus and the peace that it brings is this, that we can have peace because of the continual presence of Jesus Christ. Okay? You notice what uh, the scripture says? The angel of the Lord is speaking to him. says, hey, Joseph. Okay, his name's going to be Jesus. He's going to save people from their sins, but you're going to give him another name. And, and what's that name? Do we, have that, do we have that scripture there? See, the virgin's going to become pregnant, give birth to a son, and they're going to name him what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is the great news. It's great news. Listen, you can be at peace. You don't have to freak out. You can relax. Ready? Because God himself has come to be with you. No matter what you face. And somebody says, well, that was about the birth of Jesus. What about today? Well, in this very same book, the Gospel of Matthew, when you get to the end of the story, I'm going I'm to just turn there. Uh, it's 28 chapters. And the very kind of last things of the Gospel is uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, Jesus comes near to the disciples and he says this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, last words of his gospel, and remember, I am with you always to the very end of the to the very end of the age, Emmanuel, God with us. Why do you think God says so many times to his kids, don't worry, don't be afraid. Over and over, don't be afraid. Be, be courageous, right? God, God says it over and over. If you were to take every time that God says, don't be afraid or don't worry or be strong or be courageous, all the times that he speaks to fear, you would have a passage to read every single day of your life. A different one. God, God says that phrase that many times. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Right? God over and over and over saying to his kids, man, relax. Ready? Because I'm with you. I am with you. Not only do I have a plan, not only are, do you not have to be in control, I, I'm not just in control up there. Ready? I'm in control down here. In your everyday dealings with folks, I've got this. I've got this. So what do we do when we understand what the birth of Jesus really means? When we start to grasp the peace that Jesus really brings in our life, what, is that, what does that demand of us as believers? And I do think it demands some things of us. Number one, I, I think it demands that we relax, right? Come on. Come on. How many of you need a little bit of relaxing? All right? Woohoo! Yeah! Yeah! How many of you have been watching Fox News and CNN? You're freaking out right now. Ah! I don't know what I'm going to do! You just relax. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. We need to relax. God's Word says it over and over and over and again. Jesus came. 
to bring peace. First of all, we can have peace with God. That is the, by the way, that's the primary thing you need to worry about. If you're going to worry about something in life, that should be the thing, okay? All right? One day I'm going to stand before a holy God and, and that whole, am I good enough? Am I good? Like that's the, you start worrying there and then you realize you're, you're not good enough. You can't be good enough. You need a savior. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. But, but because of Jesus, we can relax. That's the first thing, Okay? It's your first assignment, assignment number one, okay? Anybody ever go check their sermon notes during the week? Come on, I got to have at least a couple. Couple, yes! All right, a couple, all right? Every day this week, I want you to open up your sermon notes. I want you to read application point number one. Relax. Husbands, do not use this as ammunition, all right? There's going to come a point this week that your wife ain't relaxing. Do not go, okay? I told you. I told you don't do it. I, told, I, I know some of you are already scheming. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to text my wife the sermon notes, okay? It's all right. She'll text them right back, okay? Uh, <laughs> she's going to text you number two. Here we go. Number two, ready? <laughs> relinquish. <laughs> you tell her to relax, she's going to tell you to relinquish some things. Relinquish. That word means to voluntarily give up control. That's what it means. That's what the gospel demands. Listen, if God is in control, and he is, then what are we trying to do? We are freaked out. We can't relax because we are holding the reins of life. All of life, we're holding the reins and we're getting dragged all over creation. We're freaking out. I don't know how to stop all this stuff that's going on. I don't know how to control it. You're not meant to control it. Right? Meant to ride. (laughs) When we first moved here, we moved away from uh, Amarillo. And I I told my kids, you'll never see snow again. Uh, (laughs) Loving, y'all remember that first Christmas? It was like 10 years ago almost. It snowed. Like, like a couple inches. We had snow on the ground. And, uh, and we had a dog back then. She was an awesome dog. Molly was like a, a little horse. Um, she, she was a big, big dog. And, uh, and my kids were young. And, um, and so we took her leash. And uh, the kids wanted her to pull them around on the, on, in the snow. And it was just a mess. I mean, it looked, they looked like you guys uh, in life trying to hang on to the reins. So we, we grabbed out our snow shovel from, from Borger and we attached the shovel to the leash and I said, just sit and hold on and have fun. And they just sat on that shovel and had the best ride of their life. <laughs> so we, we ran. I had another leash that I, I didn't let the dog run off because she would have kept going. It would have been bad. <laughs> ran through the front yard and they're just, ah, ha, ha. Guys, listen, some of you are struggling so hard through life. I sit in your faces, and you're struggling because you're trying to control everything. And God is like, hey, I'm in control, and life is good. Just, would you relax and let me be over you? <laughs> to let me into that, that situation. You're, you're... And so what I'm going to call you to this morning, literally, is not just relax, because that's, that's step one. But step two, part of relaxing is you've you got to let go. Can I ask you this morning, what is that problem that you are refusing to let go of? What is the thing that you're waking up 
every morning that you're staying up late every night trying to fix. That's the thing I'm going to ask you to let go of this morning in a second. You got it? Okay, so we, we got to relinquish. Which brings us to the last thing and, uh, that the gospel demands, that the birth of Jesus demands, and, and that's that we repent, right? Because ultimately, I love you, but relaxing and letting go will not be enough. <laughs> Jesus came so that we could have peace with God. And we could be the most chill people on the face of the planet. They were like, whatever happens, man, it happens. It's all in the universe. And you will still be an enemy of God that has to face the wrath of God. Jesus came so you could relax, so that you could give up control. But to give up control, that means you have to stop walking in the direction you've been walking, and you have to turn to him completely. It's not just a turning from my sin, but it's a turning to a Savior and actually walking towards that Savior. That's repentance. And so this morning, I I know we're in the early service, and most of my crowd in the early service is like I was actually physically born in a church. Um, God bless you. Uh, And uh, most most of you, I I mean, I, I get it, but maybe there's one or two here in a room this size that you have never given your life to Christ. You've never repented of your sins. When I, when I hear somebody says, I've, I've, I've never repented of my sins, I go, well, that's a problem. You can't call yourself a Christian if you've never repented of your sins. Repentance is realizing that Jesus came for a reason. And that reason is because we are enemies of God at heart. Okay? And Jesus came to take people that are enemies of God at war with God and he came to reconcile them through his perfect life and his death on the cross. And the only way that we can step in to that reconciliation is by believing in Jesus, trusting in Jesus and turning from our own wicked ways to God. And uh, we can do that through a prayer. You guys can pray it where you are. Jesus, save me. I'm sorry. I need you in my life. I, I, I don't want to be that person anymore. I'm turning toward you. You can do that right where you are this morning. Today could literally be your day of salvation. Okay, guys, pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. And we know that it is good. God, there's some people here that need to do business with you today. And we say that we are those people. For some, it's that, it's that big deal. It's that great truth that Jesus, you came to reconcile us to God. And what we need to do is we need to repent. Right? We need to repent. We need to turn from you. We need to stop trusting us. And we need to start trusting you. That's the heart of the gospel. And so, Father, if there's anyone here this morning that needs to do that, I pray that you give them the strength and the courage and that you would just um, call them in such a way that they couldn't deny it, that they would just let go and, and come to you, Lord. Jesus, that you would just just call them your own this very morning. Father, for those that are here and are already your children, but for some ridiculous reason along the way, they have taken back up the reins of control. And they are weary, and they're worn out, and they feel like life has given them a heck of a whooping. It's because they're trying to control this ride. And Lord, whatever problem that is, maybe that's their finances, God, maybe it's the raising of their kids, or maybe it's their business. Father, I, I don't know that you know what they're trying to control, and they have no peace right now because they're trying to do what only you can do. And God, right now in their hearts, show them that thing, the thing that's causing that lack of rest. And God, 
Help them give that thing to you, King Jesus. In your holy, precious name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.